<laughs> the fact that she had a, a cropped cardigan on at any point this season, I was like, girl, this isn't. I was like, are we at church when you're in middle school? Like, just like, I was stuck like, up on a cropped cardigan in middle school at confirmation. Oh yeah, you know I sweat I through was, that but... shit in seventh grade. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens, our podcast where we discuss feminism and pop culture and different forms of media. Hey. I'm Kate. Oh my gosh, you just cut me off. Sorry, we didn't do it last time, so I wasn't sure if we were going to do it this time. I thought maybe we were dropping our intros. No, forever doing the intros. Okay, I'm Kate. did it last week. Let you cut me off it. again. Oh my gosh. Oh, what? What's I never your cut name? you off. I'm What's Nelly. your name? <laughs> Oh, I just cut you off. <laughs> if you don't know our names, leave. Like it would be pretty shocking if you didn't know our names because that means you don't know us, which is great. Welcome. <laughs> which is sad. Why did it take you so long to get here? Well, I'm just saying that most people listen to this know us personally, or at least one of oh. us. So <laughs> yeah, if you don't know who we are. Hey, thank you for being here. Please don't leave. <laughs> yes, say so we have some interesting content for you today. Yeah, we got some cool content. Well, first of all, Pete, how are you? What's oh my up? god I'm literally so good how are you pretty good um just got my hair did oh yeah um, y'all look so good Nelly is like hot <laughs> thanks I just laughed way too hard at that probably but thank you thanks uh just I'm like- also hot but yes, my obviously you are also hot sorry we all know that I didn't sorry yeah y'all. I that was that goes without saying um but yes you are also hot oh I have a new place to live I hmm. am excited about that getting um paid a security deposit so that was for the first time which was big scary but exciting but yeah that's my main update yeah, I'm still working. I'm really liking my job still. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, my brother goes back to college soon, which makes me sad. It's been nice to have a buddy living with me in the upstairs of my parents' house. Shout out your parents' house. Shout out my parents' house. She's great. Honestly, I ran into <laughs> a friend from high school um, this weekend, and I was like, what do you like, what are you doing? Are you in Birmingham? And she's like, yeah, I'm in Birmingham. I'm working this job. I'm living at home. And I was like, oh my God, girl, me too. It's the best thing ever. You should like, honestly do it for as long as you can. And she was like, I mean, I'm excited, like definitely kind of nervous, but it's like reassuring to hear you say that. And I was like, if honestly, like I loved living with my friend Julianne and I wouldn't have taken that back in a second, but also like If I had lived at home, I would have so much money now, which is fine. Also, if I started my job earlier. Huge for me. Like, I would be freaking out moving right now and paying the expenses to move if, like, I hadn't lived at home for a year. Yeah. Um, Very lucky. So nice. So nice. And my parents, like, spoil me. Like, I'm so spoiled. Like. (sighs) I'm sure you're helpful. I mean, I appreciate everything my parents do for me. Yeah, for sure. And I realize my privilege and I realize that I'm spoiled (laughs) and I think that's okay. It's not like I'm going to go and like not do my dishes when I actually have my own place. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna make this intro too long because we have a really exciting guest this week. We're talking and we're talking in topic. We're talking about um, Katie Thurston's season of The Bachelor, which just finished up um, last week. And my good friend Allie Kaufman is here, so um, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. But real quick, I just want to give a little update on some of the pieces we talked about last week. Um, Andrew Cuomo did resign which is which like needed to happen so honestly it took a little too long in my opinion but that happened happy to see it happy to see it also huge news is that um jamie spears is stepping down from or stepping aside from the conservatorship so huge news um we're one step closer to free britney so love that for her um also this isn't um this is related to what we were talking about with, we didn't dive too deep into it, but with DaBaby, but, and I don't know, Pate, if I told you about this, but Dua Lipa and Elton John came out with a song together, and it's so good. Um, it's called Cold Heart. It's very good. Um, and she sings, like, the, I don't know if it's, like, the, I guess the chorus of Rocket Man. Like, she sings mm-hmm. part of the chorus of Rocket Man in that in the song it's like so good she'll she's like and i think it's gonna be a long long time like but it's dua lipa i literally am like oh my gosh this isn't yeah she could really do sing like twinkle twinkle little star and i would not but um i love her so um everyone should go listen to that but yeah um anything else you want to share pate before we dive in with Allie? um no i think that's all yeah it's a really awesome combo that we had so here it is. Enjoy. All right, y'all. So um, we have Allie Kaufman here with us. Um, Allie is a therapist at the Renfrew. Do I say that right? Renfrew. Yeah. Okay. Center of Los Angeles. Before joining the Renfrew team, she worked with clients in the LGBTQ community at Color Youth Counseling Center and as a therapist at a local high school. After learning about the health at every size movement and intuitive eating in grad school, she became passionate about working with eating disorders. She loves helping clients learn to trust and respect their bodies and advocating for the social justice imperative of size inclusivity and acceptance. In her free time, she can be found reading, swimming, listening to podcasts, and playing with her dogs, Jackson and Morty. Allie is a Bachelor aficionado and does a weekly recap of Batch episodes on her Instagram story where she shares hot takes, predictions, and unpacks the goings-on of each episode. I really cannot think of a better guest to have on to unpack this season of The Bachelorette. Allie is also my unofficial big sister, and I have been privileged to have gotten to call her my friend for just shy of a decade. I honestly don't know how long it's been. (laughs) I really don't know. But um, fun fact, Allie was my camp counselor and also the first person who I ever drank with. So um, she really cared for me. Yeah, Pete, I didn't tell you that, I don't think. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, there's stories there for sure. But um, we are so thrilled to have her on the pod today. Welcome, Allie. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I was psyched to be asked. I love talking about The Bachelor. Oh my so gosh, here it's we go. a long time coming and I hope we ha- will have you on um, again to talk more about stuff in your specialty because of course. Oh, I would love would, that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it on the books for sure, but we're right. talking Batch today, which I'm very excited about. Um, so first, I feel like um, it would be great if you could just share a little bit more about kind of your history with Bachelor Nation oh, and your expertise. 
Yeah. So my sophomore year of college, so this was probably back in 2012. Um, I was on vacation in Maine with my friend and it was raining the whole vacation. And they were like, oh, there's a new season of The Bachelor on. We should watch. Or no, it was The Bachelorette. And I was like, um, oh, yeah, I've never seen that show. But like, I'm down. I'll watch. And I kid you not, the first episode, I was like, oh, my God, I am obsessed. Like, I couldn't <laughs> stop talking about it the whole vacation. They were like, kind of like, oh, that's that's fun. Like, yeah, let's talk about The Bachelor. But it, then it just became like, I couldn't stop talking about it. I was obsessed. I fell in love with one of the contestants on that season. I was just like so obsessed with the way that that the game was structured, that that the whole thing worked, how ritualistic it was, and just like getting into kind of like the psychology of each of the cast members and like why they were doing what they were doing. Um, so that was back in 2012. And I have watched every season since all of the kind of spinoffs like Bachelor in Paradise and everything like that. So yeah, you could say I'm like a, a passionate, passionate fan. Oh yeah. And I've so enjoyed, I remember there was a stretch. Um, I can't remember if it was during Katie season or Matt season, but there was like one episode that I was like behind. And so I missed your recap and I was like, oh. you have to make a highlight. I haven't seen what you Oh, said. they're all in highlights. Don't <laughs> now you they're all even in worry. So yeah, it's been so good to follow along. I feel like I watch the, I feel like part of the reason I watch The Bachelor and the Bachelorette is so I can watch your recaps and like know a what you're talking about. A lot of people tell me that and I just am like deeply honored when I hear that because I'm like, <laughs> I don't even need you to watch the show. Like we'll have enough to talk about from the recaps alone. I mean, there have been times where I just straight up watch the recap and then watch the episode so that I could like look for what you were talking about. But, but yeah, we have a ton we want to dive into. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> um I think it's no surprise like well when we were first introduced to the bachelorette herself Katie on Matt season I mean she kind of came out the limo and set the expectation for like her personality yes and also like the idea that she is a very sex positive and sex forward person uh -huh. so I think it's important I mean why not also start this episode discussing that just as Katie started her journey um, on The Bachelor um, with that as well. Yeah. So what I think is really cool about Katie's entrance was I suspect that she modeled it off of Caitlin Bristow's entrance on Chris Soul's season when Caitlin famously said, I could, I'd plow the fuck out of your field any day. Um, that was an iconic moment that, and one of the first in which like someone had really done one of like a raunchier limo exit. And so I really feel like Katie watched Caitlin on that season and was like, I'm going to take that and run with it and brought the vibrator. Um, so yeah, that was an awesome limo exit of Katie's. And then, you know, I think she was really smart to kind of create this brand for herself. I think it got people really interested in her. It got a lot of kind of buzz on social media. And then, you know, she already had this kind of like persona going into her season. Yeah. And I know um, there are a couple of pieces I'd love to like talk about with us. I know, Ali, you want to talk a bit more about the Nick Vial like group therapy session. Yeah, I would also sure. love to hear your thoughts on the WoWo challenge and how that kind <laughs> oh, of God, yeah. I didn't put it, I just think I'm thinking of it now, but like how that relates to 
sex positivity but yeah well the whole thing with the sex positivity was it just got said so much that after a while it became kind of a meaningless phrase exactly. like I, I never understood like what we were supposed to take away or understand from that it was just like different like she was different than other bachelorettes but but what at the end of the day did her brand of sex positivity even really mean that was what I was always curious about and it just felt kind of like an empty tagline after a while Yeah, I just was like, I feel like the, I mean, this is so classic and obviously I can only speak to a few seasons of The Bachelor, but just from like hearing people speak about it or The Bachelorette too, but I feel like they're, they'll like decide what like the shtick is going to be, but then like don't, like they don't think about like a full storyline of it. So it's just Mm -hmm. kind of like this thing that they throw in at the beginning and then like, that's it. I feel like we didn't get anywhere, I guess, apart from it was particularly interesting in her also like story, like her disclosing her, her, um, her story, her history with misconduct and, and that experience, of course, like I would never, I think that was very brave and I would never like even remotely attempt to critique her, like sharing her story. And I think that shows like how her evolution happened, but I just think, and I'm glad that like that was in it, in, in the conversation, but it just still felt like the production of the sex positivity storyline like wasn't fully fledged out. Totally. And I think like the producers and just the creators of the show um, didn't know how to tell a story about sex positivity that had any kind of nuance in it. And I was grateful for Katie for opening up about the sexual assault because it at least gave us some context and background as to how that sex positive outlook and viewpoint like came to be I really like how she talked about you know um, feeling very detached from sex for a while because of her sexual assault and then being able to kind of like reclaim the sexual identity doing a lot of therapy and doing a lot of work on herself but then like the whoa whoa challenge just kind of made me angry because I was like well there's nothing nuanced about this there's no point to it Uh, I'm not sure what story we're trying to tell here. And it just feels like it's tacked on like, oh, because Katie's the sex positive bachelorette, then we have to do something with like men masturbating to like be on brand for her. But, but it was like, what was the point? Well, also like, it's like to, like, it feels like the opposite of sex, like the woe challenge feels like the opposite of sex positivity. It's like sex oppression. Like it's like, well, and if the roles were reversed, it would be like really heinous and Uh yeah. You know, I mean, it, it is it is weird to to have anyone of any gender kind of like controlling the sexual behavior of anyone else. But but even if, you know, it had been a bachelor asking the women to not masturbate, like that would have been horrifying, you know? Yeah. So just, is it really sex positive just because we're talking about sex? Right. No. Well, and it got to a point where I felt like the men were just like making kind of crass jokes at her. And I was like, this feels like catcalling. Like I was like, this doesn't yeah. feel like sex positivity. It still feels like we're objectifying women. Like, I don't know that we're like necessarily like, right. be like, I feel like there's a way and I guess it's fine to be like, I want to fuck you. But mm-hmm. no, but it goes on the men but... kind of saying she was like easy, yeah. you know, which like, well, that word's problematic, but 
it bordered on like, oh, you're not like other girls, you know, like you're sex positive. Oh, we love talking about you're not like other girls. Yeah, love that narrative. It yeah. also like takes me back, Nellie, when you were talking about how like the producers will take something and then just run with it. Thinking back at Colton's season, like I know he's a problematic Bachelor character, but the fact of the matter is they took the fact that he was a virgin and just ran with it and it was honestly got to a point where it was obnoxious and I think they could have done a lot about like you know embracing or kind of like not conforming to toxic masculinity and being like someone who's like a masculine well he was a very masculine man who was a virgin and instead of like having that empower him it was like a joke and so I just feel like at least they're trying to do something positive, but it's still falling flat because there's no, like, like you said, full circle. It's just continued to be a joke or like a stupid plot um, device. Well, that's the bachelor producers for you in a nutshell. It's like trying to take an idea and then like not doing enough to support said idea. Um, and then it kind of coming off as offensive because like nothing was fleshed out, like having the first black bachelor, for example, it's like, look at us, like, give us a pat on the back for, for having a black bachelor, but then let's kind of, uh, well, they went so far as to find someone who they knew that he would like in Rachel casting her, knowing that she's from a sundown town in Georgia, knowing there would be a racism scandal plot line, um, and just sort of waiting for that to blow up. So it's like they they take one step forward and so many steps back every time they do anything, quote unquote, woke. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like the few seasons of this like franchise that I've seen have like been able to very much t- t- display that to me. So let's talk a little bit more about this like therapy session. Yeah. Is it more so do we want to talk more about their reaction to her disclosing her story. Something I wanted to say about that was it really left me thinking after that episode and I didn't say it in in my um, stories, but the more that I thought about that date, the more that I realized like there's a good chance that at least a few of the men in that circle have probably had sex with women without consent. And I think it would have been a really cool opportunity to talk about that for the men like at least one man to say like, you know what, looking back on my sexual history, I probably haven't always gone above and beyond to ask for consent. And I own that. And I was like, oh, this is such a missed opportunity because all the men were like, thank you for sharing that. And then kind of had this approach of like, it's so brave of you um, to share that. And, you know, men really should be doing that. And I'm like, yeah, men should be doing that, but also like look at your own stuff, you know? Right. Well, and also too, statistically, I don't know what the exact statistic is, but statistically, at least one of them has exactly. like, not, like given consent, you know? And so, yeah, there totally was, I was like glad that like even the word consent was like on, which is like, again, shows the bare minimum, but like, <laughs> even though that like that word was being thrown around in a bachelor conversation, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, but we didn't actually talk about this. It, it reminded me like 
people on the show stay being like, thank you for sharing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, like have a conversation. I mean, that was all Matt ever said. He'd be like, oh, I can't imagine. Thank you for sharing. And I'm like, actually, you probably can imagine what Chelsea's like experience with black hair is like. You are a black right, hair. Like, right. Like that's a whole other I, thing. But I'm like, but you can like have a conversation. It doesn't had I been sense. in Nick Vial's position, like as a therapist running group, I probably would have been like, okay, like, Katie, thank you. Amazing. Validated her for sharing that. And then gone to the men and been like, so how did that land with you? Like what comes up for you as you sit here in the circle and listen to a woman open up about this? Um, how does it make you think about your own past history in sexual context and sexual experiences? And that could have been such a cool discussion. I don't think that would ever happen on The Bachelor, but I'm like, Lord knows I would have loved to have had that conversation. No, yeah. And also in terms of like the kind of game perspective, like the game of it all, like they would have strengthened their relationships with her so much more if they had said something other than just like, thank you for sharing. Like, I'm sorry you went through that, which like is the right thing to say, but like there's so much more that could be like delved into. Yeah. Something I really liked about what Katie said and how specific she got about this was like, after an experience of sexual assault, it was so hard for her to process and understand that she actually then tried to pursue a relationship with the person who assaulted her. And I thought that that was so, so, so important to hear because I think that that's not a standalone experience. I think that 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 happens to a lot of women feeling like our, our mind has to rationalize an experience where we're so out of control that we're trying to take back some power and control and a sense of agency. So- I I was so glad that they aired that piece of it too. Yeah, me too. Well, speaking of men mishandling things. Yeah, speaking of like (laughs) abuse. Great segue. Yeah, great segue. (laughs) Um, We're going to talk a bit about Greg. Um, I know this actually is, I I mentioned this, um, how sometimes I would watch your highlights prior to even watching an episode, and this was one of them, Mm -hmm. um, which was helpful to like, I just feel like in, for me personally, I feel like it's, and I feel like this is happening to a lot of people in Bachelor Nation. I mean, I'm not making excuses for them, but I feel like there's so much internalized misogyny and like people are quick to defend Greg. And so it was actually really helpful for me to like separate myself from whatever kind of weird empathy I would have had for him. I mean, I have some empathy for him, but like more than necessary. Um, it was helpful for me to hear your thoughts on this. So I'd love to just kind of pass the mic to you surrounding everything related to Greg. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what's interesting about this is that I think the me of a few years ago, I'm not sure how I would have reacted, but I suspect that I probably would have had more sort of like sympathy and uh, empathize with his position a little bit more. But because, as I said, in that like Insta story series, I was in a relationship with someone who, ex- who, uh, had a lot of the same kind of conversation or argument tactics, we'll say, um, including gaslighting and kind of like manipulation that the second I saw Greg starting to shut down and like throw things on Katie, I was like, uh Oh, uh Oh, uh Oh. And like, I was triggered by that. It, It did take me back to when I was in that relationship when, um, I, always felt kind of like crazy and like I was making things up because I was meant to feel like that because that was what the person was doing to me so I think like if we think back to what happened in the episode they have this amazing hometown date 
the the mom and the brother like tell Greg, oh my gosh, like you seem so happy. You haven't been this happy since your dad died, blah, blah, blah. And so he's feeling like safer and safer to be vulnerable to Katie about how he feels. And I think that what was so clear was like how infrequently he ever is vulnerable to women or to anyone in his life. And so by the time he opened up to Katie and said how he felt about her, he was already in a position of feeling really like he was putting himself out there in a way that he never does. And then to not get the response that he wanted in that moment was like ego crushing for him. And I think that what happened was some old attachment wound got, you know, pushed up against in that moment and and got triggered and he just went into like scared little boy on the defensive kind of just like emotionally shut down position um and like i see this a lot with clients where like we call them antecedents in my line of work when you're in a situation and something from your past gets triggered it's like what you're bringing from the past is how you react to the situation in the present and so a lot of people were saying online Katie wasn't validating him. Katie wasn't affirming him. But short of her saying, I love you and I'm leaving the show this very second, nothing that she could have said would have felt healing or regulating for him in that moment. Because he didn't hear exactly what he was hoping to hear in that moment, he withdrew, shut down, took this like avoidant stance. And then not only did he shut down, which Katie immediately picks up on, but then he goes as far as to then try to blame it on her. And then that keeps escalating and escalating the next day when they have that conversation. And that was where like, I understand shutting down because of an attachment wound, but then to project all of this like fear of abandonment on her was just totally inappropriate. And it really, really struck me how split bachelor nation was down the middle when it came to their reaction to greg a lot of people were able to see the manipulation and gaslighting that he was using but a lot of people were just like you know he sees right through the game he, it's real he wants to be with her she didn't give him enough and i think she says like i love looking at you and is smiling at him but she's also giving him a lot of physical touch and she'd been validating him throughout the season so she was doing everything that she could in that context in that moment to validate him and but truly because this wound got got pushed up against for him he could nothing could have regulated him and i just think it's a real shame that men in our culture are so um uh socialized to be out of touch with their own emotions that when things get stirred up for them or triggered they respond in a way that's very much out of these like old attachment wounds rather than been, being able to like actually sit with their feelings and recognize what's actually happening for me in this moment how do i regulate myself how do i sit in this feeling and then how do i respond in a way that's like caring and considerate of the other person rather than just lashing out yeah, no, I feel like also, I mean, you would, you would know more about this than I would, but I like from even my own personal experience, I feel like with men, they tend to like, as opposed to like seeking professional help and getting a therapist, they tend to put a lot of their like emotional baggage, like on their partner in the case, like I was that person before, like very much so. Yeah. Um, and so 
it's just interesting when I'm like, okay, well, you've never been vulnerable in this way with anyone had this kind of conversation after like a big, huge loss, like to then Mm -hmm. put that on another person is really a lot. Like it's a lot. Like, I don't know. I was, I had an experience where I definitely like a man I was seeing had never cried in front of someone before. And then Mm -hmm. I was that person. I was like, that's kind of a lot to be carrying, you know, like I'm glad to like be that for you, but I'm kind of like, whoa, that's a lot. And I cry every other day and in front of anyone. (laughs) A lot of men are socialized to like never practice emotional vulnerability until they get into relationships. And so then once they get into those relationships, they're starting from square one where women are, are have had an, the permission to explore a lot of those emotions before. And so then, yeah, women take on this caretaking, almost therapist like role. Yeah. And and it just it creates this inequality, you know, and and yeah, that was definitely happening there. I think um, it was just so hard for Greg to feel like he wasn't getting the validation that he needed. And I say this to my clients all the time. Like when we make a choice to be vulnerable with another person, we do not get to control the other person's reaction to us. They may validate us. They may not. Doesn't mean that what we're sharing is any less valid. Doesn't mean it's any less important to be vulnerable, but we don't get to demand the response that we want and think we deserve. Right. Yeah, that was important for me to hear right now. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to talk about their conversation on After the Final Rose now or after we talk about Blake? You can do it now. No, let's do it now. I mean, I think it's all related. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I definitely agree with everything that has been said thus far. I think I saw this TikTok of a psychiatrist talking about the Greg, or I don't know if she was psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever. She like had the, had the means, had the knowledge and was talking about how she was like, I don't necessarily think that I almost just called him Gabe. Holy shit. Greg was a gas lighter, but he has like emotional anxiety Mm -hmm. and, or something. I forgot exactly what she said, but she recognized like when Katie did not like affirm him, like you said, the way he wanted, he immediately shut down and like did a 180. And so I just love how we're all trying to figure out what the hell was going on with Greg. But um, I thought Katie's response to him on after the final rose was not good either it was not Mm. healthy in my opinion I thought well first off from a relationship standpoint I was like girl you're way too like upset to be like happily engaged to someone else it seems like you're still like this if you're this angry there like it, it doesn't feel like it's resolved yet you are in another happy engagement Mm. but um yeah, I don't, did you, do y'all think Greg was a gaslighter? Do you think that term was correct? Or do you think it was more just like he was in a very unhealthy place mentally and just like reacted very poorly? Great question. <laughs> I, Thank you. <laughs> so that, there's so much there. So I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Do I think he's a gaslighter? That to me speaks to someone who uses gaslighting as an emotional manipulation tool 
over a long period of time. And it's a relational pattern that they use again and again. We don't actually have enough insight about his past relationships to know if that's a pattern of behavior and if we could, you know, diagnose him as a gaslighter. Do I think that he was using gaslighting as a tool of manipulation in that moment, consciously or unconsciously? I do. I do. Because I think that he was saying things to make Katie doubt and have to reassess her response to him in the moment that he was vulnerable. He was making her question her reality, not in the first conversation, but in the second one, he was saying, you were so like cold to me. That wasn't you. That wasn't the Katie that I know when Katie's going through it in her mind, like, how was I not me? What was I saying? What did I like? Anyone who makes you question your own reality is using gaslighting as a tool of manipulation. Now, if he had said, it felt to me, Katie, like you were not um, yourself in that moment because this, this was the feeling that I was having, that would not be gaslighting because he would be speaking to his own personal experience of her, but not trying to invalidate her own experience of herself, if that makes sense. I also think, I kind of disagree with you on Katie's reaction at after the final rose. While I do think she probably could have handled that differently, I don't think that just because you're engaged and happily with someone doesn't mean that you're not allowed to express like anger or resentment or a feeling of being really like betrayed and hurt. Like, I think both of those things can be true. For example, I'm in an incredibly happy and fulfilling relationship right now. But if I saw my ex and had to like sit next to him on a couch and rehash our dynamic, I would find myself feeling really, really angry and hurt. And I think that those feelings would come flooding back, even though that experience was years ago. The, what I took issue with and what Katie was saying was she was saying, you never really loved me. I actually don't think that's true. I think Greg did love her. Do I think that Greg has the emotional capacity to be a healthy and loving partner? Not right now. I don't think he does, but I don't doubt that he loved her and that 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 his behavior was coming from a place of love. It was just a very immature and poorly handled use of that love. And so what I think would have been a better thing for her to say is like, you may have loved me, but the way that you chose to express that love was not healthy and was not what I think a relationship needs to be able to like function and work out. Yeah, I feel like the, I like, resonate I like rewatched that conversation last night um between Katie and Greg like in that segment of after the final rose and I feel like like everything she said like I very much agreed with like especially when she was like I watched this back and like realized like I was validating you every week mm-hmm. I think when she went and made it about his acting I feel yeah. like it like kind of went against her argument I, was I like, agree I actually agree I forgot about the acting piece of it yeah which that's I'm, the part I, where I was like Katie now you're... was like go off go off I know I was like I mean I agree but like but I don't it think did, it did undermine her argument for sure and it then it became about kind of like throwing punches rather than really getting to the meat of the emotional manipulation that was happening and like unpacking that it then yeah. kind of it, it she stooped to his level when she brought up the acting yeah 
No, I thought, uh, yeah, I felt like that made it, I feel like there were moments throughout Katie's season, like, I I overall, like, liked her fine, and I related to her as just, like, kind of a regular-ass white woman, <laughs> but I was just, like, the... <laughs> That's it's literally like, our tagline. Is it really line. necessary in terms of, yeah, regular I relate ass white to her women. as a regular ass white woman. I mean, it like wasn't necessarily representation that was super necessary, but like whatever. Did we need it now? No. Did we need it now? It was fine. I mean, some of her clothing choices I didn't get. Um, that's a whole Brutal. other thing. Well, but, we, are, we can blame the bachelor dresser. I don't yeah. feel no, like that's But we can't stuff. actually because Katie said she dressed she herself. Katie. I mean, mm. the fact that she had a, a cropped cardigan on at any point this season I was like girl this isn't I was like are we at church when you're in middle school on a cropped cardigan in middle school at oh yeah you know I swept I through was, that but... shit in seventh grade <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> well like to be fair I'm wearing literally like a t-shirt and shorts right now but I'm just like girl so you you're have not on the bachelorette no, yeah I'm like you have a fucking the resources like, like you have like designers and like yeah and I don't she know she pulled up in that green t-shirt oh, and ugly. jeans on that Greg date I was like this is a new low no it was bad but I, I, I actually do want to add something about the acting thing if I may yeah please okay so um I love the um the black chillerettes and they've been ta- it's a podcast um but they've been talking about the way in which the acting studio that Greg studied at the William Esper studio is all about the Meisner technique. And as a theater student myself, (laughs) I did a lot of Meisner when I was in college and it's all about like mirroring someone's emotional affect and watching Greg from the perspective of having learned the Meisner technique. It's kind of trippy, like how good he is at mirroring Katie's affect and like emotional expressions throughout the season which like, even though I thought Greg was super hot, my hackles were up going into that hometown because of the way that like, when you watch him sometimes, it honestly feels like he's listening for what she says, like word for word, and then repeating it back to her and mirroring her to kind of like gas her up when like, it's actually hard to tell how he feels in any given moment. I think I saw a TikTok where like statistically, if you are at a restaurant and you order something, and you're like, hi, can I get an iced coffee with a shot of cream? And they repeat back exactly what you say. You said, okay, so you want an iced coffee with a shot of cream? It's like you are 50% more likely to tip them better just because they use the so exact words that you did. So that just made me think about that. I think people That's just so like to hear exactly yeah, what they validation. said. Because in Meisner, you like have one line that you say over and over again, and you're like listening for the other person's affect and how they deliver that line and like their emotions and then trying to like move the conversation back and forth using that one line of dialogue. And so you're hyper-focused to and like reacting to the other person's um, affect and how they're coming across so that you can mirror and then like take it to the next level. And I feel like that's exactly what Greg was doing in their whole relationship. Wow. I'm just like, I'm just laughing because it's like the bachelorette on paper is supposed to be like this stupid like cheesy romance show where like one person dates 30 people but now it's gotten to the point where and like this is a good thing but like you know we're having to have like the conversations about like 
gaslighting and like I know like the psychology of the bachelorette and the contestants and like how this they is why I say people. people and like it is more than a reality tv show there is so much to unpack and that's one of my favorite things about it is like the cultural conversation that always comes up around it I just like mm-hmm. I'm like yes let's talk about it if if you know if we're watching a show in which uh gaslighting is a topic that's like in the cultural consciousness then like I love that I'm here for it I always say like if I ever went and got my PhD it would be in um like I my my like thesis is that like marriage is a vessel for sex and so in the case of this like the this ends in an engagement which like and and like the way in which conversations about sex come up through the bachelor and like historically it has very much been like very not we don't talk about sex so like that like even though I think there's a very much a nuance to like I have kind of a nuanced opinion on how they handle like the sex positivity piece of the season. Like I do think it is when you look at it based on like when I watched, I can't remember his last name, but Ben with the bad hair season, like versus like, like however long ago that was 2010 versus now, like it has come a long way, even though I'm not like a diehard, like I'm not like advocating for the franchise at all points. But um, I do want to talk about we can kind of close the book on Greg but I do want to talk about his like montage at the end of the episode that he left it like seemed like he died yeah so Um, what what I think is so interesting is like I think that the bachelor producers really didn't think that people would see Greg's behavior as emotional manipulation and gaslighting and they really were out here thinking that they could give him that bachelor edit and it's just like hilarious to me how quickly that turned and it makes me really kind of sick when I think about like all the women who might watch Greg's behavior on the season and be like, he's so romantic. Like he was fighting for her. Like he wanted this to be real. And I'm like, well, like that's crazy. And the fact that like the producers didn't ever think that that would be hella problematic and that, um, you know, that we wouldn't catch on to the fact that this was totally inappropriate behavior. It's just, it's just wild to me. I also think it's really interesting just now thinking about like previous seasons of The Bachelor. It's and The Bachelorette. It's not like bad that Greg or like it's not bad that in the past when contestants are feeling the pressure of the other relationships. Like yeah, it's like sad and like you should expect going into the bachelor bachelorette like this person is dating other people but like no other contestant has like asked someone to like leave for them right I'm trying to like think if there's like there's been plenty of people that are like this is really hard for me I love you but I don't think I can do it and they leave and they're not expecting like the person to run after them but I felt like Greg was like I want you to quit right now for me or, or like, yeah. I don't know. Do you so think that's in, true? In, or like, go ahead. Yeah. In Rachel's season back in like 2016, I believe um, she and Peter, who was like a huge fan favorite, their breakup kind of had a similar Greg Katie tone because he was like, I'm not ready for an engagement, but like, I know we have something. So like, leave with me basically like don't like let's just date Mm -hmm. and she was like no like I want to get engaged 
And he's like, yeah, but like, if, if I'm the one you like more, then you don't have to get engaged because we can just be together. And she was like, no, I asked, I asked going to the show for people to come on who are ready for an engagement. And then Bachelor Nation like sided with him really heavily and was like, why does, why don't, why doesn't she just like go with him and then eventually they can get engaged, but they can date more. And, and she was very vocal about the fact that she was like, I am not looking for someone to date. I'm looking for someone to commit to me. And also the way that that season was edited, we didn't get to know the guy, Brian at all that she ended up getting um, who proposed to her um, that she got engaged to. And and so then everyone was glorying, glorifying Peter's behavior, but then kind of making Rachel look like the villain. And then during the after the final rose, Peter was kind of gaslighting her and, and she was getting really angry, not to the level that Katie was, but she was kind of getting upset. And everyone was like, she's, she's so angry. She's overreacting. And I think that the reaction to her was kind of villainizing her and was even a lot worse than the reaction Katie's getting because she was a black woman. Um, and I remember, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but I remember really empathizing with Peter. Cause I'm like, the conceit of the show is just so narrow. Like if she really loved him, she would, you know, end up with him. But now I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like it's so annoying that he put her in the position of having to defend that she wanted that commitment. And he said something to her in the, after the final rose, like, enjoy your mediocre life with Brian. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did hear about that. Like, and I've, I've heard that reference like recently and I had never, yeah. I didn't watch that season, but I heard about that. And I was like, what the yeah. fuck? I'm going to yeah. go watch that YouTube clip as soon as we get done here. Cause now I'm like, I know. Cause I, I didn't that watch Rachel's that season. season was somewhere. Cause I would watch it start to finish. Oh my God. Rachel's season so is much. so good. Well, Rachel's just amazing. I, I love know, her. So Even though I didn't see her season, like she's the best. No, yeah, I literally love her and freak out if I ever got to like meet her. And I don't feel that way about anyone in the franchise. I feel that way about no one else. But, (laughs) um, but uh, she, yeah, no, I, I had heard that about her season and I feel like, well, in that ending, and I feel like it does just play back to like, well, I feel like it is just like internalized misogyny of like empathizing with me- with men when yeah. they like do the bare minimum and like or right. even it's below like when the bare men's minimum. Feelings are hurt, like God forbid. Like yeah, the, God forbid. The bachelor fans will lose their minds. Yeah, it's like protect the men's feelings at all costs. They're and never vulnerable, like, so when they choose to be, we must protect them. Right, and also like you know that this ends in engage in in an engagement, or in the words of Michael, it begins in an engagement. But- <laughs> But like, love him, our king. Um, Don't but... make me cry. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, I literally, maybe daddy doesn't want to see me anymore. Oh my god, rest in peace. Like, so wait, wait. Like... So wait, no, I'll keep that when we talk about Michael. But I'm just like, <laughs> was that? Do you think that actually happened? Do you think oh, someone paid his have, child? I have tea on that. I have. Tea okay, on okay. That. Well, oh we'll, my gosh, we'll okay, talk well, about that next. Well, I'm just. I was just. Mike, I'll finish my thought so fast. I just really do think like why come here if you're not willing to like you know like this is a 20-year franchise like you should know what the process looks like do your homework like you're going to be dating someone while they date other people so you have to be comfortable with that you have to like be patient and you also have to like you have to be ready to get engaged like that's what happens like yes and also like the lead has the reins and you have to be comfortable with that like they are the full reins and in this case like I feel like men are like 
Well, this is something that came up too on um, uh, Two Black Girls, One Rose of like the idea. And I know we're about to start talking about Blake, but I just want to name it now. We don't even need to dive into it. But like how like there's kind of like the lead has power up until if it's a woman. Yeah. Until the engagement. Mm -hmm. And then Blake, like, I mean, I like this little prank. I can I can appreciate a prank. But all of a sudden he (laughs) has no not me. There's there's been things I've been saying recently where Pace just like, not me. Nelly's like, I would have totally gotten murdered by Ted Bundy. And I'm like, not me. <laughs> Built different. <laughs> but um, like the fact that like the power is then just transferred over to him, even though she's had kind of like, I mean, I mean she she did not have full autonomy in all of her relationships because enough people left her for for that in that piece but like she's supposed to kind of have like the reins and right and that the way that the sometimes men towards the end try to take those reins away from her like greg did right yeah of like mm-hmm. of like screw your role in this you should want to be with me and right. she's like no bitch i take my responsibility very seriously also like i don't want my season to end in shambles like i want it to like yeah a, like yeah also it's like miss me with that claire edit right and also like who's to say what her contracts look like how they talked about this in two black girls one rose also yes. love that podcast but like so good. how the like the con- they could have really tightened up the contract after claire they could oh i'm like, sure it is ironclad yeah and also the whole like it's very possible they said like like there could be stuff in there about saying I love you in the contract. So like I know she made that like her shtick, but like that could have been like they were like yeah. we don't want this to be an obvious ending. In the end, it ended up being an obvious ending because everyone she was interested in left. Also, poor Justin. I just gotta say, justice for Justin. <laughs> oh my god, that poor man. That he they like disappeared him. Yeah. Like, I've never seen anything like the way that he was treated. I mean, also the fact, like, just the the fact that he was there for as long as he was. And yeah, anyway. But um, let's talk about, well, let's do I want to talk about Michael A real quick and then talk about Blake or what are we thinking? Yeah. I mean, what is there to say about Michael A? What did you want to say, Pete? We're in love. Just that he's like literally the best person ever. No, I mean, I know I wanted to say when we were just when we were discussing what we wanted to talk about. And I said that I wanted to talk about, like, or I just wanted to touch on the fact that Michael A is so refreshing to, like, have, like, a great example of a man who is, like, very comfortable in their masculinity, where they can cry, where they can talk about, like, vulnerable things, like the passing of their wife and, like, their son and, like, how they feel about, like, loving in the future. Um, And, yeah, but also, like, his like cute little quirky you know he wasn't afraid to like dance and like wasn't afraid to cry and like that's so refreshing and I just hope that people can see that like women love that and like do more of that please don't be a Greg be a Michael he's my ideal man also and I don't mean to say that and he has a beard saying that and yeah Pate loves a beard I love that in conjunction with this is weird but like like I've I've been lucky to like have models of like vulnerable men like in my life like my father and my uncle in particular are like two men that I've seen cry many a time like perhaps more so than some of other women figures in my life so I feel very blessed but um hashtag blessed for men crying (laughs) um but 
um but I do like I do just feel like like Michael A is like what like non-toxic non-fragile like masculinity looks like and I hope that the producers and the casting people take a note from how much people loved Michael and cast more people like that yeah yeah absolutely I hope so the tea I have about Michael's son on the FaceTime oh yeah you listen to the audio they totally like frankenbite it which means they like take audio from elsewhere and put it over so he says so Michael says like um when we get back we're gonna go to the beach and then it and then it goes sounds like a plan but that is cut from a different audio than when he says maybe daddy doesn't want to see me anymore so if you listen to the dear shandy podcast which is um Charlene and her husband's bachelor podcast they'll like play the clip and walk you through like how it was like re-edited in Frankenbit and it's fascinating and I don't really know what the point was like what they were trying to do by like splicing that clip up as much as they did but all you need to know is that like that was not the whole audio in full so meaning like weird meaning like that wasn't the like um Order? That's not how the conversation actually like okay. went. So no there's like a no. whole bit like chopped out. Things were chopped. That's what we know. Yeah, I mean it's a weird convo. He's like, "Dad, I can't wait to see you," and then he's like, "I don't think you want to see me." Like it, it didn't like. I mean that like that's a pretty profound for like a three year old. Right, right. Well, he says like, "Sounds like a plan." Maybe Daddy doesn't want to see me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's like, where did that come from? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like I, I think they probably took his Daddy doesn't want to see me anymore from a different place and put it in there. Like I don't even know, but it's just so bizarre that like. <laughs> The, the editors are out here like slicing up a four-year-old's dialogue. <laughs> They're like, we got to fit this so all dark. before the mental all. And it has to be a short, like 10 minute, like thing yeah, before the mental totally, all. Totally. The mental all was stupid. That's my opinion. Oh, God, yeah, I, no, I didn't even all. watch it. Connor <laughs> B on the mental all was like, honestly, my nightmare. He like, I feel like Wait, his who? ego is sky high. Oh, the cat man, Connor. Oh my god. I feel like his ego is sky high and he came in to that mental all. Like he had written a song for it. He kissed that stupid girl who was clearly a plant. Like his whole thing was just extra as heck on that mental all. He's he's a a bad kisser. I've thought a lot about like what is wrong with his technique. And I really do feel like there's too much jaw and a darting tongue also his hands and he said that like the first time he like his hands are like this like I mean I know, I know this like, a podcast, like a nice but... head grab but I don't know what's wrong with how he does it but I know it's wrong it's just like a little bit yeah it's not like he takes himself too seriously when he makes out yeah I think mm-hmm. you like... can feel that there's no like spontaneity to it there's no like fun flirtiness it's just very like zero to a hundred too quickly it's I mean he, he was like thinks a... about his mom when he's cuddling his girlfriend like wait that was Mike that's P. Mike P <laughs> you're what that was Mike P we're talking about Connor the cat oh my god sorry they look the same no, they about it. yes they do they're both like tall skinny and white right well then that's like almost that's like a lot of the people yeah. that's like 50 percent of the male population well yeah. never mind <laughs> don't listen to me I mean that yeah that I mean that was odd I mean I it is a thing to like I just compared my dad it is a thing to like look for qualities of your parents in your partner but 
I'm not like cuddling a boy and I'm like, oh my dad, like that would be horrible and a little bit weird. But yeah, the fact that he that was odd. Um, I'm sorry, they look the same. Yeah, Connor the cat, I was a fan favorite or was the favorite of mine from the beginning. And you then liked him. I did at the very beginning. Yeah. I, well, I liked him for Katie. Yeah. In the yeah. words of Tasha, like he's so handsome for her when she's. <laughs> <laughs> um that was an iconic quote but um like I I don't know that Connor B would be a good match for me but I do like I I caught the vibe and I thought he was gonna go the furthest Mm -hmm. um but he just like I know that like he would cringe me out so fast and I think yeah he just got the ick yeah no other such a thing when the ick hits, there's no turning back. Been it's there. Like, it's done. Been there too. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about Blake? We got yeah. up talking about the the man who I don't even like saying one at all because it's like weird to it's forever associate a relationship with a game, but the one who ended up getting engaged to Katie. Yeah. How do you all feel about Blake? Because okay, I went I- on a journey with him. I will say that when Blake, it's funny because I did watch, I did watch both of his seasons. So I felt grateful for that because when what's her name came on to Matt's season, I was like, I don't know who this is. I can't even remember her name, but like, you know what I mean? Like when someone from the franchise comes out. Oh, yeah, Heather. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't care about her, <laughs> but um, no one did. Blake came on also. So I watched um, Claire and Tasha's season with Seamus, my brother, shout out Seamus. Um, and like, we like both were kind of like we would we were pretty easily cringed out by Blake but we like agreed that we like and we didn't think he was a good match for Claire or Tasha but no. we like like he, he was like a good person, guy I was like I would be friends with Blake probably yeah me too in my life and yeah which isn't necessarily what I'm looking for like I'm, I'm looking for a match for the lead but I remember when like we knew in the previews that he would be on the season I was like honestly that makes sense because Blake and Katie like they both cringe me out in the same way as a little bit and I like have like the same kind of like I'd maybe be friends with them kind of attitude so I'm kind of I was I remember when Seamus hasn't been watching hasn't watched Katie's season but I remember when Blake came when I found out Blake was coming onto the season I like and maybe even the episode where he came on I called Seamus and I was like are you watching The Bachelorette this season he was like no you're no longer here so I'm not watching it but um, I have a life Nelly yeah (laughs) and I was like we would watch it together which was cute but he was like yeah no I'm not watching it and I was like dude Blake's on because he knew both Katie we watched Matt season two so he knew both Katie and Blake and he was like honestly and I was like I know it makes sense like I was kind of like they're both kind of they both have narky energy too and so like I feel like they played similar roles in the seasons yes. that they were um like cast members I guess or like contestants and so for me like I wasn't surprised that that happened in terms of the I I just have trouble like I don't think I could ever be not that I ever would be but I don't think I could ever be like the bachelorette because I would I am like at this stage of my life I feel like I have trouble like building connections with multiple people and so like I would have trouble doing that like I would probably be a Claire where I'd be like this is my person and then I would leave I would have trouble in The Bachelorette because I would I would not want to pick any of them and I would just try to convince them all to be in a poly relationship with me and then the producers (laughs) would get really mad (laughs) that would be a unique season though great at The Bachelorette 
<laughs> Pete likes to have some power. Well, I well, I think I would be great on The Bachelor, and then I would just make America fall in love with me, and then I would be The Bachelorette. You would, you Unless could. they gave me a dirty edit, which they definitely could. But, I mean, yeah, normally I feel like, I just feel like if any other guy had, like, done what Blake did, which I, he couldn't control that Claire left, but, like, he was technically had, like, been on two seasons of The Bachelorette, if you want to say that, because, like, he had two different like he was super into Claire and then he was super into Tasha, and then like he comes on to Katie's season I think any other guy would have been suspicious but for some reason it just made sense that Blake would be there and I yeah. do think they had good of anyone chemistry. from Claire and Tasha's season I would have yeah like there's anyone no else, else that I would it would have been like it. you're obviously here to get on tv but no I think I think Tasha saw that they would be a good match and she was correct I yeah, also, I mean, yeah, sorry. Oh, I was God. just going to say, like, uh, I listened to the Chatty Broads podcast and they, uh, before we even knew Katie was the Bachelorette, were like, oh, I hope Blake and Katie get together in paradise. And when they said that, I was like, oh, that has to happen. Like, I could just see it. So when she got announced Bachelorette and then when I heard he was going on, I was like, oh, it's meant to be. And I knew the second he came on, I was like, oh, it's game over. Like, this is his to lose. Like, like Greg knew it pull- too. I, I said I was like, Greg's gonna pull some absolute fuckery and it's gonna be Blake's game, you know? And like Girl, how did you and- know that? She knows everything. Did yeah. you just have bad vibes about Greg? Oh yeah. Well, it was because of the Meisner thing. It was um because I was once I heard that he went to acting school and once I looked at the William Esper studio and once I heard that the Meisner is the technique, I was like, Oh, this guy's just like emotionally manipulating her. And I always thought he was hot and I was, but I knew, I knew that he's my type. Very impressive. That they kept foreshadowing her being like, like, don't leave, like trust our relationship. I was like, please, this is foreshadowing if I've ever seen it. Um, but yeah, I went on a journey with Blake where like in Clarentatious season, I just thought he was like a goof and like a little bit kind of just like along for the ride like he clearly wasn't in for to them but just like being on tv but then the second I saw him and Katie together I was like oh yes like this is actually so perfect because I agree they both have just like that goofy energy um they both have like the sexual energy and then I've just been like a huge stan and mm-hmm. their chemistry was like off the charts the second they had that like make out in the stairwell where she was like up against the wall I was like okay and then and then the final like thing that confirmed it for me was I was watching interviews (laughs) like the people and the extra tv interviews like after the finale where they were like talking about you know being in a relationship or whatever and the interview was where it was asking Katie like oh like are you guys gonna have kids and Katie literally goes I mean I don't think it's ethical or responsible to bring a child into this world because of the state of our planet I mean our planet is literally dying so we've been talking about adoption or not having kids at all and Blake goes yeah I've literally always wanted to adopt so when Katie said that I was like yeah let's make a choice that's like responsible for the planet because I'm all about like conserving the planet and I was like they're meant wow. to be. Yeah. Wow. Died. When Katie said our planet is dying, I was like, okay, we stand. <laughs> we stand. We love. We know. Yes. No, I mean, I think they make a lot of sense. And also, like, I am like excited and happy for them. And I hope that everything works. Like, it just makes sense. Like, they both like kind of like 
I feel twofold about them where I think I would be their friend, but they also like, like annoy me a little bit, but I'm happy they found each other and that like, that's like, it ended this way. And I don't think that she, I think if she had ended up, I think she would have ended up with Greg otherwise. And I think that they would be broken up in a year. No, absolutely. I mean, also Blake spent all of quarantine in the the bachelorette like he literally doesn't know like he's like now like doing the pandemic for the first time I feel like yeah for real no something that Blake did that I really liked was you know that scene in the hot tub where she's like I have to tell you everything like Greg left Michael left blah 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 instead of going um like oh did did Greg or Michael leaving like you know what how does that affect our relationship or like do you like them more than me or you know getting defensive about that or like interrogating her about that he was just like wow that's a lot and then they like made out and you can see him in the like itms like with the producers being like kind of wigging out like oh was her relationship with greg like stronger than i thought it was but he doesn't put that on katie and he doesn't make it her problem that she had a strong connection with greg you know and he just kind of like waits it out and I just thought that that was really emotionally mature. What's and I kind of think that won in the season. And also he knew like it was his game. Like the fact yeah. that she had left, I think he was a little bit like, Justin doesn't have a connection with her. And also yeah. probably when he saw like, just Justin in that, that living room, he was like, here we go. <laughs> well, and also too, like Blake knows the game. Like he knows, like yes. he knows and he's well aware that he like he's now like I know that he gets a lot of flack for like dating three and he, his sister gave him a lot of flack too which I would have been that sister but yeah he literally was like I mean I know that he gets a lot of flack for having dated three bachelorettes but the fact that he got he got the experience of like having to date someone he dated two people prior that ha- were a part of this experience so he wasn't going to have the same like intense insecurity that Greg had like he knows that yes. this is how it works like it sucks that like while you're and also not like then it was really like third times the charm with him where like now he was finally actually building a relationship with someone and not kind of just being kept there week after week like I just appreciated <laughs> that he trusted Katie enough to yeah do what she needed to do for herself and he was like I'll be here yeah what killed me was the moment when Greg is like absolutely breaking down and just like wigging out in the like main living room and Blake's there and he's like oh hey Greg what's up and Greg's like I'm not doing well man and you can see that like Blake is like about to like try to reassure him and then he just holds back because he's like let me watch this boy self-destruct <laughs> I was like Blake you're so good at this game like you know you gotta let him just wig out and leave on his own yeah yeah absolutely well are there any other I know we have some kind of like fun I don't know I want to hear your thoughts on like predictions and favorite contestants and stuff but are there any other pieces related to unpacking and feminism that we want to talk about or I mean I was maybe gonna I, I just don't know that we have time for it but I was gonna maybe talk about Katie's family and like the 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 oh, yeah oh I kind of do want to talk okay about let's Amber. talk a little bit about it <laughs> yeah I mean I I just think I don't again I don't know if it's like my internalized misogyny but when women are all like I mean I like the attitude of like you're you're here because we we because we want you not because we need you like I do like it I just feel like it was hammered home to the way that like 
it makes women like feminists look like burn like bra burning yeah. like man haters mom and aunt reminded me of like second wave feminists like 70s yes. feminists <laughs> exactly for sure where it was like rather than like dive into the nuance of like relationships between men and women let's just like say fuck all men and call it a day yeah and so I was like okay but I did this the whole time was dying thinking about Greg if he had been in in that conversation with Aunt Lindsay if he hadn't left earlier he would have left then like the boy could not have why is that that. making me laugh just thinking about that (laughs) I wish we could have seen it which maybe is problematic on my end and means I like to see men suffer a little bit but me putting that on the internet is funny also whenever men cry on The Bachelor I love it oh I know that's why I like The Bachelorette more than The Bachelor I just like like to watch men cry Am but, I Aunt Lindsay? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also Are we all Aunt Lindsay's in yeah. truth? Like if you think about it, I feel like the three of us or like a lot of our friends as well, like I consider self myself, maybe I should only speak for myself. I consider myself a very strong and like independent woman and I speak my mind and I'm very frank and honest and I appreciate honesty back but when I meet someone I'm not going to be like you're useless you're a piece of trash like (laughs) I I think I can like there are nicer ways to like be be like uh you know I can see my niece is really happy with you but also like know that you have to earn your our respect and like Katie is a very like strong person and she can be fine without you but like if you compliment her that's great I feel like that was what like could have been said instead of we don't need you it's like yeah she wasn't listening at all to any of his answers too she'd just go cute that's cute and I was like yeah I was just like like, Aunt Lindsay I don't know that you know what feminism is like I was just like this isn't what I mean I just was like it makes me think about like I, I got so much exposure to like the dialogue format in college and like trying to like ask people questions and learn about where they're coming from as opposed to like pushing something down their throats and I'm like I mean I think Blake handled it very well but like in this case like you're not gonna like get someone to come around to your perspective if you're literally just like aggressively putting it on them like you need to like like share it in a way and then like ask questions about where they're coming from and find like like an understanding of both of your perspectives as opposed to just being like cute <laughs> like it was just too much my favorite line was uh watching a train wreck isn't the same thing as being in one do you think she wanted she was, she was like setting up for everyone to fail like could anyone you think have passed her no, no absolutely her not no it was like a hazing process and if you survive the hazing then you can marry katie yeah and oh, she she got rid she she not got rid of I guess it's hers but she sent Justin home before like Justin didn't she knew Justin couldn't hack it but I would be curious like I would be extremely disappointed if she talked that way to a black man or a person of color like if as a white woman if Aunt Lindsay had like come at a person of color that way like I just would not be okay with that like you can yell at a white man all you want that's fine <laughs> but like I just was like I, I I would have been I'm glad they didn't do it and I think it would have been like traumatic but I just like I am kind of like I that would have been really uncomfortable and definitely problematic like if she had like there would have been a power imbalance there 100 yeah that's a really interesting point I never even thought about that I didn't until this moment because I was like they didn't 
see Justin, right? Is he good? I mean, he already had to deal with like the trauma of basically like being neglected like as a contestant. I do think it's interesting the fact that Justin is a man of color and how little of him was shown by production. Like that was a conscious choice. And there was such a um, uproar during math season online about the fact that they showed so few nuanced stories from the women of color on his season you know like the white women um got way more screen time and got way more character arcs that developed and it's the same with Justin like why is this man of color who made it this far why do I know nothing about him other than he's good at drawing roses like that's so ridiculous his parents like there's his, no parents, fuck out. his parents would be my parents like if yeah. I went on the bachelor my parents would be like we're not coming they'd be like no we're literally not coming and I'd be yeah. like okay am I might get well, I probably could swing Seamus coming but just so he could be on tv but my parents no chance there's when there. I go to the bachelor um I'm gonna self-eliminate before friends. hometowns okay <laughs> No, you can't self-eliminate before hometowns because then you don't get the heartbreak edit. Yeah, but, but Hannah, Hannah oh, no, Brown he went had home. his hometown. No, Hannah, Hannah Brown, Brown got home. sent home. Oh, yeah. Mm. Self, hey, people you self-eliminate. Don't get okay, well, then I'll fake it. I'll Hate fake it. go far on The Bachelor. It's true. It's because I... You could have Allie coach you beforehand. Oh, absolutely. Well, I just feel like it up. would be like I would be friends with all the girls, but I would also be like very open with the guy, but I would also like stir the pot. So I'm like the perfect three. You really are. Yeah. The triumvirate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who does did that. That's well, kind of like yeah, Demi. Yeah. Demi, yes. Yeah. I mean, she was close with the girls in the house. Oh, she had, I like, know a what. Dydam- like a friendship with Hannah Brown, which was mm-hmm. smart. And then, um, yeah, and then she she had a fairly good connection with Colton, as good a connection as anyone could have had with Colton. What I'll do is I'll go to their hotel room and say that I feel like our relationship is not that strong, and then they'll send me home. Can't self-eliminate. Good to know. No, this is, so this is something I've learned from the podcast Game of Roses, which I highly also recommend. But oh um, they say uh, never self-eliminate. And it's so true, because if you think about it, no one who's ever left voluntarily other than Andy Dorfman, but that was because Juan Pablo was like so horrible to her in the fantasy suite um, that that everyone was on her side. But that's the only time I can think of where self-elimination worked. Was she about she was a bachelorette? Yeah. Yeah, you could self-eliminate and go to paradise. Totally. Mm, for Kate sure. would do well in paradise. You would do very well. <laughs> in paradise. paradise is like I can't imagine why you wouldn't want to do paradise. I would do paradise so far. I, I can't wait Find to watch it. Oh, that's going to be fun. So speaking of paradise, I would yeah. love to hear Allie, like any, well, one from Katie's season, if you have any kind of like favorite contestants, favorite moments, uh-huh. but then I just love to hear your predictions related to like any potential bachelors from this season slash predictions for this upcoming season of paradise. I know that's a lot. I just threw at you, but I know you know it's okay. It. <laughs> um, okay. In terms of bachelor in paradise, I think We've got to be looking for who's going to get that Jade and Tanner edit. Okay. Um, so who's going to be that early couple? I think our big contenders, and of course it also has to be people that show up early enough in the season. So we've got to look out for um, what the Game of Roses podcast calls first sand people. 
So those first people to get on the beach. So I'm thinking like Abigail from math season is going to be a big contender. Um, I think that Connor could be a big contender. Um, Brendan from uh, Clarentatious season. I love I love him. I oh love him. God. I thought I would, about going and finding him that in like yeah. Milton he's, or wherever the fuck he's he lives. so great. Yeah. You know, like, let's go to Milton. <laughs> yeah, literally, I will go find him. I really thought about it. I was there. I was like, I'll go find him. He's I, the, yeah, I love my dream him. man. I think probably Noah, the mustache guy. <laughs> I think he'll probably. Now I'm hearing stirrings of uh, Thomas having kind of like a redemption Becca. Arc with Becca. Yeah, I Which see is that. crazy. So this is the first time that a bachelorette or a, like anyone who's been a lead has gone to paradise. That's wild. Yeah. And she must be getting paid a ton of money. Yeah, because she's whole, set. The whole Joe and Kendall thing is wild to me. Like in the in the previews, that's that's blowing my mind. Well, and I'm also really... back to Brendan, Piper comes too, because they had been seeing each other, right? Oh, yes, they had been. That, so that like will be that little couple. My fear is that Brendan will get the Blake Horseman edit. Mm. Remember how Blake like was so beloved? Well, you didn't watch Becca's season, but Blake was so beloved on Becca's season. And then when he came to Paradise, he was like the player of the beach. I pray that Brendan doesn't get that edit because he's so pure, but I'm kind of scared. Yeah, but he's such a hot commodity. People want I know. him. I know. I love the beard. I know. <laughs> I love his voice. Oh my god, his little Boston accent. So cute. Um, He's so cute. Oh, I love him. Oh, you know who I'm excited about? You know who I love because she's so messy and stirs the pot. And like, I honestly don't think Victoria person is Queen Victoria. Yeah, yeah. You you loved Queen Victoria from the beginning. People got so mad at me when I said that I liked her, and I'm like, if you you would kind of like her, just not in the mess. If you watch her as a comedic person, it's so enjoyable. I know, but But, she's a Trump supporter. Yeah, is she for real? that's disappointing that's but i do i loved her character like whether or not it like i could never tell if she knew what she was doing or that was really her yeah i know putting it on like i just couldn't i was like whatever character you've created i don't know if this is authentic or not but i i I love it yeah no pay i mean this in the highest form of praise i think you could take everything that like victoria did that was good and run with it and be successful like i think you could take victoria's shtick and like be kind of the villain but also well liked by everyone yeah you're not a villainous person but you could do it yeah yeah you should, should take her game strategy and really look out for like where her pitfalls were and course correct those and i think you could probably get really far and then this podcast will get famous because people will dig it up and then um, we can have sponsors <laughs> people will dig but it up then and they'll be like, like literally about this you'll we'll be like she obviously is there for the wrong reason but like can we be honest everyone, everyone is there is. Oh my god, why is that a thing that people I know, I just feel like we need to like move past that trope of of, for the wrong reasons because it's like, no what like don't play me like that. Everyone's here for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's fucking reality TV. If you want us to get engaged, go to Christian Mingle. Like like I I feel like (laughs) obviously relationships can develop from the show. 
um, spontaneously. And like, I don't doubt many of the relationships that do come out of it. I'm like, yeah, this seems legit. But also the intention, the original intention is to get Instagram followers and the love is like a nice add on. Yeah. Uh, do you think, who do you think The Bachelor is going to be? If it were this season, I know we have a whole other season ahead of us. I hope and pray that it's Andrew because I, I hope think so that too. that will be a good season. I, I mean, yeah, if I had my druthers, it would be Michael, but I don't think he would say yes because of the kid. And, and I just don't know that production would want to put in as much work as that would require for like him to feel good about bringing his son. Yeah. Um, I don't know why yeah, they I didn't think- just put the kid on the plane when that conflict happened. I don't know. My, my secret dream is that Brendan has like a really good Bachelor in Paradise edit and then he becomes The Bachelor. Oh, I want him to be The Bachelor. So I would bad. love that. No, I haven't even thought about that possibility. I would love that. For that long. Yeah, I just want I to hear still... his voice and watch him like shower and like, <laughs> I'm obsessed with him. Watch him shower? <laughs> yeah, I feel like they'll have like a scene of him in an outdoor shower getting ready. Whatever, sorry I'm objectifying Brendan, but I love him. Mm. No, like... <laughs> I like his personality too. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, okay. Well, are there, is there anything else we want to touch base on? Just the fact that Mike, oh, P Mike P. hasn't had a carb in seven years and has never had sex. And I'm like, <laughs> quite simply, are you okay? <laughs> it's a lot of willpower. Reminds me of Mike Pence. <laughs> Mike, P, Mike P. I feel like he probably hasn't had sex. I bet he's a had carb. a carb, though. You Mike Pence? He's had a carb? No. Sorry, I'm thinking about the online joke. <laughs> like, Twitter is always like, Mike Pence has to ask his mom for everything. So he's probably like, Mommy, can I have a piece of bread? <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, can I have a Twinkie? <laughs> oh, my oh, God. My gosh, I don't know funny. where that came yeah, from. Yeah, <laughs> Mike P eating a Twinkie and is like, I haven't had a carb in seven years. I was like, what? Yeah, like, that so your really birthday rolls sense. around and you don't have a piece of cake. Like, you don't have a carb once in seven years pasta he's not well no that's not not healthy mentally or he's just been on the keto diet for seven years (laughs) (laughs) i hate the keto diet i know me too i'm sure ali you can pop off about keto oh yeah that's a whole nother podcast i know we should honestly (laughs) just talk about the keto diet i did it for five days once horrible we should that's what we should have you back on for ali is we should talk about keto bitches I literally threw up. Yeah, no, we should I had an episode about like diet culture. I would, I love would love that. that. Yeah, yeah, no, we've wanted to do it. We need, to and do we're that. kind of making a shift where we're not just talking about like we're talking about pop culture, but we're not just talking about like movies or TV. So I think we could just talk more broadly about because obviously it's so related to feminism and just like the movement, um, but also beyond the movement as well. Well, this has been so fun. Um, so fun. Ali, is, is there anything you want to like share with the audience or? Um, so I am private on Instagram because of my job, but if you would like to follow, it's um, at Act Ali, um, and you will find all my past highlights of all of my Insta stories. Um, and so, have fun viewing those. They go back all the way to peter's season but i've been doing my story since rachel's season so i've been doing them for like five years (laughs) yeah i think i watched them on seasons that i didn't watch i would just be like what's ali up to just hear your voice because i missed you and then Uh, i also always do an insta story reel when like a new taylor swift album comes out 
So yeah, I just hit you with that follow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but Ali, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Yes, Um, thank you so much for having me. And you'll be back. Yeah. I want to talk about. I know we'll have to talk about Michelle's season and Paradise Uh, and all of it. Yes, I'm so excited for Michelle's season. And can I just say that that promo for Michelle's season was so incredible compared to what they gave Katie where she was like standing in that white background in the purple pencil skirt like yeah Katie's was like so skirt. dirty yeah Katie's was like a fucking like um ugh, why can't I think of the word like clip art like Katie's yeah. was like clip art and then um and then Michelle was like I don't know like high-res photography totally and then Katie's tagline was like be a Katie I'm like what does that mean be <laughs> average as fuck like what yeah. does that mean I oh my say gosh, that as, don't hate on our I girl. say that as an like like it just is like plain plain Jane. I say that like, as one as well it's like what does be a Katie mean yeah I love her I would be her friend I'm so ready for Michelle's season. So ready. And I just pray that they like actually give her the nuanced season and the respect as a black female lead that she deserves. Yes. Do I think they will? Absolutely not. Will I be pleasantly surprised? So if they do, yes. Yeah, I I hope they have like actual fucking like consultants and producers that know what they're doing. Yeah, so they just hired the the first uh, black female um, executive producer. Oh, so fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, I I don't expect much. Wow, that the fact that like this is their now fourth black lead, and they're just now having a black executive producer. Yeah. Yikes. And Crazy. we wonder why the uh, the storylines are hella problematic. Yeah. I mean, I'll never get over the fact that they had you, you all didn't watch Rachel's season, but they had this guy who like they knew I heard about Lee, right? So racist Lee. And they had him on. And then it's like, surprise, surprise, he's hella racist. And then they're just like, okay, Rachel, deal with that. Yeah, what the fuck? That's dangerous. I know. Well, ugh, thanks, Allie. Love ya. Um love ya. Okay, well, thank you so much again to Allie for coming on the pod. Um, that was so much fun, and I'm excited to have her back on. Um, that was so good. But um, as as we're doing now, we're going to share a couple feminist wins before we close out the episode. Um, this is a bit of old news, but um, it's like exactly 10 days old, I guess. But Rihanna is now a billionaire, the wealthiest female mus- musician. Um, so shout out, Queen. Um, I believe that she, Rihanna is now worth 1.7 billion, Forbes estimates, making her the wealthiest female musician in the world and second only to Oprah Winfrey as the richest female entertainer. So um, shout out Queen, you are the wealthiest female musician and very deserving of it. So um, yeah, hell yeah, good for her, Queen. Feminist win. Money. So my feminist win is the trailer for um, American Crime Story. The Monica Lewinsky scandal came out. Did you see that, Nellie? I didn't see it. Okay, so Monica Lewinsky is actually a producer of it. So I think that will be super interesting. And the reason I say that's a feminist win is because I think 
that this story needs to be told, just like we talked about, like, just because um, a Democratic president or mayor, like, you know, sexually mayor, harasses governor. governor, was Cuomo a Cuomo? Cuomo? Cuomo. Cu- Cuomo. A governor. He was the, he was the governor. governor. Oh. Yes, dude. Oh, I thought he was like the mayor of New York City. He's the governor. No, he's in fucking Albany. He's like up in, he's the governor. Okay, well, that makes it worse. Well, that's his whole thing. The reason why he was doing all of the like COVID press conferences was because of New York. Yeah, New York City. I know, but the governor makes the decisions for the state. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry that I'm so The mayor is, um, the mayor is. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. That guy. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> I think it's important that like we listen to the stories even about Democratic presidents or governors or mayors that sexually harass and um what's the Is word? Ryan Murphy sexually doing it? Cor- 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 corose. What's the word? Coerce. Coerce. Yes, Coerce. Ryan Murphy does all the American horror story and American crime story. Um Yeah, well it'll be good if he's doing it. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a nut, but like everything he makes. Oh, I for know. sure. And I mean, I think who knows? He really, like stirred the pot with Glee and made their lives difficult. But like, he makes yeah. good content. Have you seen the American Crime, the OJ one? It's, it was fabulous. No, but I've heard really good things. It was fabulous. No, I haven't watched it. But, but we anyways, we should definitely talk about the Mon- Monica Lewinsky one on the. And pod. I think it's like so, it's when does it come out? Really interesting. Oh, I don't know, but like, I think the interesting thing is like Hillary Clinton, like you know, is such like white feminist vibes even though like we both voted for her like and wish she was president like there's no denying she's like this like awkward white lady who like is trying to be in touch with like everyone and she's just not well and also just because we voted for her doesn't necessarily mean that she's like the feminist boss well like i i love hillary clinton i do wish she had one obviously but like she isn't my like she doesn't have all the characteristics that I needed right. in it. Like, yeah, she's missing. She's like a flawed human. Yeah, yeah, and she's still like, like we're still able to critique her, even though she has done a lot for feminism. I mean, she was like the first major um, presidential candidate that was a woman. Uh, um, uh, I, I said major. I was like, don't do Shirley Chisholm like that. I I literally was thinking about Shirley Chisholm major. Okay, like, okay, okay. Elon okay. oh would be so mad at you if you did that. I would never. I literally said major in mind. Sorry, I should have been even more specific and said that she accepted it from like the the major party. The Chisholm walked so Hillary could run. You're so correct in that. Absolutely. But also, I think like Monica Lewinsky, like I wouldn't say she like she's a feminist icon either, but I think like her story needs to be told for the sake of feminism. And so I think it'll be a really interesting story and we should definitely talk about it. Do you think that there are some stories, and we don't even need to keep this in, but, like, I feel like this, I guess there isn't, is there not a, sorry, I'm, like, so deep in my bed right now. Is there not a story that, like, has the story not already been told? Or not really? Mm, I mean, I think it's the same idea of, like, why did we watch The Crown if there's so many documentaries about the I, no, royals? I, yeah, no, I get it. And then there's so many documentaries about the O.J. Simpson trial, but, like, the true crime telling of it and the Versace one, it's just, like, they go into so much depth and, like, for sure some of it is, like, dramatized for the sake of a good TV show. 
but they just like go into so much detail and it really makes you have a different perspective of it. I don't know. I just love both seasons of America, American crime story. And when does impeachment come out? September 7th, 2021 on FX. We got to get it on the books for the pod. If anyone wants, feels worthy of uh, coming and talking about that with us. We need to have all of our politics majors up on here. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I love you. I love you. Um, This has been Feminist Fiends and Quarantine Queens. See you next week. Bye. Bye.